0: Welcome to the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host Gavin Meenan and on this podcast I will be speaking to inspirational individuals who specialise in the field of physical and mental health. To offer you the tools that you need to become a stronger, healthier and more confident man in today's world. Hello and welcome to episode number 69 Of the Modern Warrior podcast. Today, I have the legend that is Matt Baudreau with me on the episode. Matt is the founder of Acton Academy Placer and Acton Academy Sacramento. As a career educator, Matt has delivered TEDx talks, consulted with universities, written books, and created programs that have helped to push education into the 21st century for teens across America. He's doing absolutely unbelievable work there that I'm looking forward to explore with him in this conversation. And he also currently hosts the Essential 11 podcast. So go and give that a listen after this. And his podcast focuses on gaining world-class advice from prominent guests in business, media, sports, education, and entertainment. And uh, yeah, Matt, how are you, my man?
1: It is a pleasure, brother.
0: I'm doing very well, man. Thank you for having me. Likewise, my man. Um, So yeah, you have this uh, Apogee system, Apogee Academy. Um, I'm interested to know more about that and the work you do there.
1: Yeah. So Apogee came about, you know, you mentioned in the intro, I've got uh, the Acton Academy schools, right? And so, you know, I've launched multiple schools that, that I own in California, but I help uh, launch schools for the Acton Academy Network, you know, all over the world, and I connect with phenomenal entrepreneurs who want to help kind of create this system. So, uh, was out, you know, many of your listeners might know who Tim Kennedy is, uh, may or may not, you know, know who he is, former UFC fighter, military operator, um, all around, you know, Captain America kind of guy, uh, but super good human. Uh, he and I were out working out together, and and um, we were talking about, you know, these schools, and he said, "Hey, I want to, I want to get involved. I want to open one of these schools." and great. So we started getting him going on the schools and, and he and I just kind of had this mutual interest in, man, we love what we're doing with these schools. These are K through 12s for boys and girls, but gosh, man, we really need that kind of rite of passage. We know we, we both know so many good men and we also know so many young men who are struggling and gosh, wouldn't it be cool if we could bring some of these good men that we have in our network and just have them come in and pour into our young men and help develop leaders, you know, and, and really, uh, challenge them to get outside their comfort zone of, of what the world expects young men to be versus what they could be, you know? And so he and I sat down and we created Apogee strong and um, you know, we have the the mentorship program now, but it's got multiple iterations coming. So uh, it's been a lot of fun, man. We're about a year in and we've got young men and multiple countries and uh, some of the best male leaders on the planet coming in every week to pour into these young guys too. It's been phenomenal to watch.
0: Excellent, man. And you've been part of the education system and I emphasize system. And was that a big turning point for you when you experienced the the lack of real life education that kids receive in the system to then bring it's it about a, with your application? game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a game. Right. And I always, you know, I get a lot of people upset at me and I always preface it with saying that you know there's a lot of great teachers a lot of great administrators that are that are there i very much respect them highly encourage them uh, very much support them but it is a game and it is a game that is not meant to unleash the amazing things that humans can do. It's its quite the opposite. It's very intentional that way. And, and uh, so I saw that game very early on. I saw it playing out in higher ed. I was a teacher. I was a school administrator, you know, K through 12 and university level. Um, and I've seen the game for, for what it is, uh, which is why I build programs that do much of the opposite. You know, uh, the educational experience that we have is there's a difference between education and schooling and our education that we are giving is more about uh, let's collect experiences. Let's unlock, you know, the genius that's inside every human being Uh, Mm. doing the one size fits all school system is not going to do that. So we build things very, very differently because of that. So what is different? It's experiential first and foremost, right? Traditional schooling says, well, gosh, go focus on academia. And everybody focus on this very narrow definition of academia. Same time, same place for every single human. And gosh, if we focus on that academia, well, then at the end of the day, you know, you're know, you going to have all these good humans come out of that. And that's provably false. We focus on the human being. Who are you? What Self-awareness, right? From having tried a whole bunch of things, a whole bunch of experiences, and you get to figure out who you are in those experiences, self-confidence because you've taken on challenges and a lot of times you failed at those challenges, right? But you came out the other side. So you actually have genuine self-awareness, genuine self-confidence that can only come in experiences. And then from there, you figure out, okay, now what do I do? What's my gift to the world? Because you know who you are and, and, and what you actually like and what you don't like, right? School is not designed to show you any of those things. You know, one of my recent... Um, talks, I gave the example of my young man, my own, my own son, my own boy coming up to me and saying that he wanted to, to do martial arts and wanted to learn jujitsu. And I gave the, the very simple difference between what academia would do with that versus what we do with that. Academia would, would make you memorize, you know, the names of jujitsu techniques and read books around it and watch a film about it, and maybe do a trifold board about it, do an oral report about it. Whereas we go, oh, okay, cool time to go do jujitsu, time to go learn from the masters, time to get your ass kicked, time to, to learn real life skills and have to adapt and overcome. And that's what we do for every single discipline. We don't talk to our students about starting businesses. All of my students start businesses. We don't talk to students about uh, you know health and nutrition. All of them will do food logs and and track and see what their body does right we experience everything that's what we do that's what i mean the difference between education and school
0: Mm -hmm. so is your system just to gain a bit more understanding about it is your system there to i don't know if system's the right word but your apogee academy let's call it is that in there to replace the schooling system or is schooling system still part of their life and this is sort of a um another avenue yeah. for them to explore.
1: Yeah, we give them, we give the option, right? Because here's the reality of it, is schooling in its traditional form is a, is a deeply rooted religion for a lot of people. As soon as you start showing them you know how ridiculous it is, the cognitive dissonance goes up and it's like, ah, no, I can't, right? They can't emotionally detach from that. And I understand that. And I have no desire for everybody to think like me. I just want people to think. You know, and so we look at ourselves more like, um, you know, more like uh, like a Morpheus type figure, right? We're going to open doors to the Matrix, and we're going to say, hey, we're going to invite you to go through these. You know, we're going to give you the red pill, blue pill. We're going to invite you. Um, we're not going to throw you through a door. We're not going to push you through a door. I have no time for that. Um, but we're going to open up all these doors. If you choose to walk through that, life's going to change, right? So we have young men who. Uh, are still in a traditional system and then use this as supplemental. We have young men who homeschool and use this as supplemental. Um, we have young men who use this as their, that's it. Like this is their primary you know, growth experience. So we've got them all over the board right now.
0: I'd imagine you have a lot of difficulty in getting them into your academy because you would have to go through their parents. Would you for all of these kids? And that yeah, would be a battle.
1: That's the hardest. That's the hardest battle is the parents. Right, And so, um, you know, we have a filtering system, especially when you start talking about our physical campuses, our physical locations. There is very much a filtering system um, because I don't want to spend my time with parents who want to do something different. Right, I'm all for I'm not going to tell anybody how to parent. That's not my role. Um, nobody's going to tell me how to parent my children. I'm not going to tell you. know. I'm glad to help and give my best advice and, and my, you know, based on my experiences. But again, I have no desire to force anybody on, on anything. But if I'm going to be working with those young heroes, I need to be very, very clear. Here's who we are and here's what this looks like. Here's what we are not. You know, these are the things we are not going to do. These are the things we are going to do. Here are our expectations. Uh, If we're going to work together, here's what you can expect of us. I want clarity. It's like dating. Right, the quicker you can get to here's who I am and here's who I'm not, the quicker we can see if we're a match and we're going to go ahead and get married, right? But let's get all that stuff out of the way first, and we do that very much with the parents too. And then if everybody's on board, well, who let's go.
0: And as the biggest obstacle you face, the parents is is it fear? Fear for their children?
1: Always. Yeah. Always, and it's not just fear for their children; it's fear in general, right? And and you know, you work with most people live in fear of something, right? Whether that's fear for their children in the world they're living in, whether that's fear of, usually it's fear of other people's opinions too, right? Well, shoot, I don't want to take my son out of a conventional school and I don't want to you know, risk him not going to college because gosh, what are other people going to think about me as a parent? What is my friend going to think? I can prove I'm a good parent when I can put my son goes to Oxford on the bumper sticker of my car right? Then I can prove that. It's fear in general of other people's opinions or, or whatever else that stops most humans from doing anything, especially when it comes to parenting. So yes, sir, fear is the number one by far.
0: And then again, whatever the parents have sort of missed out on in their life, the sort of regrets that they have from not perhaps finishing their education or not going to Oxford, not getting the third level sure. Educational degree. Sure. It's to sort of Take that. They want their kids
1: to fill that or they went through and they had a great time, and they want their kids. They they associate that with oh okay, well this is how it is now too. So they want their kids to repeat the great th- the great time they had, right? One of the things that I hear all the time is, well, I went through you know conventional schooling and I turned out fine, you know. And one of the things I tell people is number one, fine sucks. Uh, I don't want fine for my children. I want them to just, I want them to love every single day. I want them to go for it and make a difference and an impact and just freaking crush it. Fine sucks. But two, I would argue that anybody that comes out of that conventional school system and is, is doing well, they're doing well in spite of that system, not because of that system. Mm-hmm. So right, you can, you can survive on McDonald's three meals a day and be alive, but is that optimal? Mm-hmm. Clearly it's not. And that's my argument against that is, if that's not the optimal way, um, then, then what the hell are we doing? Let's, yeah. let's take a look at something else. If I can optimize something for my kids, I'm going to do it.
0: And then people's definition of fine is very different as well. Like this fine for this individual, this father, it could be, I'm fine because I've got my, my job and my office, my nine to five, I'm making 60 K a year. I've got the nice house. I've got the, I've got the fancy car. Mm-hmm. I've got my family. I'm fine. And he's basically in a nutshell saying he's happy, but hang on a second. These are the external successes that you've achieved in your life achieved. That's right. How are you within what's that look like? You know, so that's right. there's, um, and as you said, going through the experiences and building inner confidence and inner resilience and inner strength, like that's wow. I mean, if, he's you think right. that you're going to, you know, the external is going to look after itself. So I think through yeah, the system yeah. and university, it, it's, it's all about the external, all about the outside achievements. There's no sort of room, as you said, for the individual and the individual gets lost and all that. That's
1: right. That's right. And we lose it. And one of the things you did, inner peace, right? There is no, like, I have so much peace in between here and here. And there is nobody that can shake that at this point. There is nothing. I'm playing with house money at this point. I have, There's nothing I want. There's nothing I need. Um, and I'm so at peace with our, the world can go to shit around us. And I know we're going to be fine. I know I'm going to be fine. I know my family is going to be fine. That's an inner peace that most people, you know, I know I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed to have that. And I don't think many people have that. Um, and school is not designed to give you that it's quite the opposite. It's like what you were saying It's designed to keep you focused on that external. Yeah. That's what it's designed mm-hmm. for. It's designed to make you consume, 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 not create, create, create.
0: Yeah. And it's then the expectations that are placed upon you by your parents and by schooling and by society and the expectations mm-hmm. are there. And you need to sort of in your own mind, attain those as you move forward and you're going to fail. You're going to fall short of the targets. And then here comes the inner critic. Here comes the, the voice in your exactly. head of your mom or your dad or your teachers telling you you're not good enough because you, That's right. you can't pass your grades.
1: That's and, right. And think about, and think about when that changes. It changes when you go to school, that inner voice, right? I want you to think about that because it's beautiful what you just said, that failure, that inner critic, that inner voice, right? Think about this. So you have kids of your own, right? Yeah, that's right. So your kids start learning. To How old old are your kids?
0: Uh, I've got a boy who's four and Ariana, my daughter is 11.
1: Okay, so four and 11. So congratulations, first and foremost, best thing you ever do. And you know, that's a fact. So you got your 11-year-old, you got your four-year-old. So both of them are walking and talking and doing all that good stuff at this point. Both of them, as they were learning to walk, right? They're crawling for a while. As they're learning to walk, they start to get up, you know, maybe hold onto the couch and they take a couple of wobbly steps and they fall on their ass. What do you guys do? You guys cheer them on, right? You go, yes, oh my gosh, look at you. That's great. And then they try to stand up again and they take a wobbly step and they fall on their ass, right? What they're doing is they're trying to walk, but they're failing at it. But what are you doing? You're encouraging the failure because, you know, if they push through it on the other side of that, they're going to be walking. They're going to get, uh, you know, things are going to open up. It's a brand new horizon. Right. That's the way humans work. But then all of a sudden we go to school and we're told, oh, failure. God, you need to avoid that at all costs. Don't get your F. Don't mess it up. And by the way, you need to figure out this specific thing that might or might not be relevant to you later on in life, but you got to do it at this specific age. And if not, you're behind. Something's wrong with you. And all of a sudden that inner voice starts going, oh, shit, failure is not okay. Failure is not something I can be, I better play everything safe to make sure I'm towing the party line and doing exactly what I'm told when I'm told to do it, because if I fail, it's going to be a bad thing and everybody's going to be upset at me. And that's the voice that we build into kids for multiple years. We build those habitual conversations in their head and it's to their detriment. It shifts everything in their mind. It's Mm -hmm. dangerous. It's dangerous and so then you have a lot of human beings grown men and women who are afraid of failure because of that so they're not willing to risk anything yeah so
0: they can't move forward they, if you're not, forward. If, you're not uh, if you if you can't learn to fail you can't uh, prepare to succeed or you can't learn to learn to succeed so it definitely holds you back hell that's um, right. for a long time in my life like i've had that oh. in my head for a long long time until i started to ask questions about it and yes it went right back to parents and society and teachers and yes sir a failure here you made a mistake here we're disappointed in you here disappointed 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 so yeah that that haunts a man in his life and uh he's forever trying to meet expectations that are that are being set out by other people not his own not the, they're not his own right. not his own wishes in life so and <clears throat> unfortunately you're in America, so. We don't have this opportunity in Ireland. I wish you had. I wish you had schools here. Someday you will. I hope.
1: So, without all we need is good entrepreneurs to take the leap, man. We're all over the place. Uh-huh. So auntie. if we get some entrepreneurs that are excited about it, let's do it.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. Well, there's an opportunity, but in the meantime, you know? what can we do? What can we do with these with these kids, yeah. boys these these girls, um, who are sort of yeah. let's call it trapped in the uh, yeah.
1: in the system. Yeah. We've gotta make it, uh, it, it's a, it's a balance. Um, it's a tough balance because if they are trapped in that in that system you know I, I tell people and again i don't know the i don't know all the, the laws and regulations where you are in, in ireland right but i have a lot of families say to me well god they're trapped i have to go i have to utilize government schools because x y and z well more often than not our families can the families here can still figure out a way to homeschool um, even if not and i don't know if that's you know and a lot of people say well that's not an option for us i've helped so many people where it wasn't an option to become an option um, because you realize that it doesn't need to look. And in fact, it shouldn't look like recreating school at home. There's a completely different, you know, there's, there's different ways to do that. If you can just work out, you know, scheduling kind of thing. So if you can homeschool um, phenomenal, but if people are still in that system, there's a balance between letting that young hero of yours understand that that's a game um, versus you know, making them a complete nuisance while they're there, right? So I always tell parents, you've got to lead first. You've got to lead by example, right? So whatever you want that person, that, those, you know, that 11-year-old, that four-year-old that you have, the people you want them to be, well, you better be that person first, right? So you need to be leading by example in your character, right? In your work ethic. Um, you need to be that example first and foremost. You need to get out of your head, not live in fear. You've got to get rid of that inner critic, right? And let them see you do that. Talk through that. Um, but you do that first because they're going to do what you do way before they do what you say. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's first and foremost, um, afterwards, you know, I always tell parents start setting the non-negotiables of, okay, this is who we are as a family. I have 11 rules in my house and they're rules that all of us came up with together. It's our entire family. And the beauty of that is, is we say, look, these are the non-negotiables in our house. This is who we are right here. And this is the contract that we all abide by. I can hold them all accountable to those rules. My wife, my three kids, if they're, I can go, Hey, rule number six, don't complain, fix it. What are you going to do? How are you going to fix it? You're complaining. That does no good. What's your solution, right? Vice versa. They can hold me to that. They can hold me. If they see me complaining, they can go, dad, no complaining, fix it. And I go, yep, you know what, you're right, right? So we come together as this unit that holds each other accountable to those things, right? So if we're worried about doing that, building quality human beings that are character-driven, that are mission-driven, mission-driven, you know, goal-driven human beings, then we can say, look, you're going to school, Your job while you're at school is to do the best of your ability, but don't get caught up in the in the academic side. Just do the best you can. I'm not worried about that. I'm more worried about you going there and being a leader. I want you standing up for the other, you know, the other kids. I want you doing the right thing, leading by example all the time. I want you to be the most respectful human being in that classroom, right? The nicest person to everybody there, including that teacher. I want you to be the hardest worker in the room. I want you to, you know, you set that expectation and expect that who gives a shit about the grades, as long as they're doing their best, bet who cares? Because those are the other skills you know that are going to matter.
0: Yeah, you're focusing on the character, isn't it? On the individual.
1: 100 percent.
0: Not the hundred percent. Not the system. Not the
1: not that. Curriculum. Not that. And then you add those experiences on the outside, you know. And and by experiences, I don't mean you have to have play dates i mean you know let them explore things let them challenge they want to try martial arts let them try martial arts they want to try dance let them try dance let them try theater let them try you know you can dive into great books with them and have great conversations uh, around you know great books or or film and and character choices that Um, you know uh, that people make in those books or films you can do that stuff from home because they're not going to get that at school and then as they get older you can talk about the difference between what we're talking about at home and the conversations that are coming up at school um, and how they're being leaders in this you know in this game you can get their perspective right but you got to lead by example first
0: yeah brilliant man yeah something else i wanted to speak about was the sort of initiation process from from boy to man and something that's lacking massively in today's society, yeah. something I only became aware of after a conversation with someone on the podcast here uh, maybe yeah. last year and they mentioned the duke the the book they mentioned the book iron John and i had a, had to read that book and I was like, ah now I get it um yeah so for the for the viewers or, or, or the listeners um can you explain what an initiation process is and the importance of it for a boy for a for a boy yeah. to a man
1: yeah uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a great, it's a great question. And it's something that culturally we, we did used to do, we did it everywhere, right? Every culture had those, those rites of passage of, of men leading the other young men to go, hey, this is what it means to be a man in our culture, in our society, you know, and those looked different ways. Obviously, the Spartans had, you know, the Agogi, right, that was um, far more intense, and and other tribes had these other you know tribal rituals, but we we had all these ingrained in culture. But as we've come together more as a global culture, and we've got more and more distractions, um, uh, perpetuated you know by by media, perpetuated by um, you know parenting trends, the school trends we've been talking about. There's so many things that have been disassociating us from our roots. Um, we we started to lose these things. And what's interesting, what I always tell people is, you know, the term teenager, right? We talk about teens and teenagers and teenage boys. That term teenager has been around for less than 100 years. It's been around since the 1940s. That's it. Before that, you turned 13. Congratulations. Happy birthday. You're a man and you're expected to take on responsibilities like a man. Nobody's expecting you to be fully developed, but you're expected to take on responsibilities, which again, translates into experiences. You're expected to have some responsibility on your shoulders. that's going to help thrust you into manhood and usually had a mentor or a guide or more that was going to take you through those processes to make sure that you did those things well, right? We've lost that. That's what we're trying to bring back with Apogee. We're going, congratulations, you're 12, 13, 15, 17, 19. We fully expect you to be men now. And so what that's going to look like is here are some challenges. Here are some projects. Here are some experiences that we want you to go gather. You're going to take on massive amounts of responsibility, far more than than, uh, the average young man does uh, these days in any culture. And you're going to come back and report to us what that has looked like. And we're going to help walk you through the next phases and help continue to push you. Right. That's, that's what we're trying to bring back. We're trying to bring back that tradition of good men pouring into our young men that way through challenges, not just through affirmations and Hey, be the best you can be. No, we want to make you do some things and we're going to walk alongside you.
0: How do you approach that? Is that a, is that a progressive overload sort of approach or do you just lay it all out on the table? Say here, get after it. It's,
1: yeah, it is somewhat of a progressive overload. Um, there's an interview process, you know, to go again with the family and, and um, to make sure everybody's on board and understands. You can't just sign up for, for just like you can't sign up at a really good gym. And all of a sudden you're in shape because you shot, you know, you signed up at the gym and you got good trainers. That's great. If you don't go actually work out, nothing changes. It doesn't matter if you signed up at the best gym. It's the same thing. We make sure that that's very clear up front. Um, and then it is kind of a progressive overload. Right. You know, first month you have a specific project, a specific challenge, a specific reading. The mentors are, are, you know, phenomenal. You get to connect with a mentor each week, but the magic is in all of these projects that you're taking on and they are progressive. You're just, you know, you do those, those for the first month and then you continue doing those as you go in and you take on the second one. And then you continue the first and the second, as you go take on the third, all of it continues.
0: Can you give us some just in terms of what these challenges are?
1: Sure. Um, I mean, it starts out very, very, uh, very, very basic. With um, you, lead, you know, I mentioned our our family has those rules, right? The the eleven rules that we have, right? So these young men are challenged to um, sit down and start leading family meetings every single week with whoever is in their household, and to create a family set of rules and a family contract, and then they are leading at least one meeting a month with their family around. Who are we? Where are we going? What are we going to do? And how can I help you this week? What are some challenges going on with you, dad? What are some challenges going on with you, mom, brother, sister? What are some challenges going on with you? How how can I help you this week, right? And they're in charge of leading those meetings to bring family unity together. Um, They also start shifting their verbiage to yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Opening doors, right? Holding doors, car doors, um, whatever. They start doing that month one. Um, looking people in the eye, shaking hands, getting back to some of those old school sort of, sort of things, right? They start out there and they start documenting their experiences. It's, it's interesting uh, how shocked people would be when you have a 12-year-old who opens the door for a woman. She walks through and goes, thank you. He says, yes, ma'am, you're welcome. And it's like, you would think we just introduced them to Jesus, right? And all we did was implement manners, yeah right but it allows them to take control of all the rooms they are in because they are they they have the confidence to lead with those kind of manners right so they start out there and then those perpetuate like those don't quit you don't stop that month two that keeps going right and then as you get going they take on all kinds of challenges from um simple skill acquisition to you know uh, of like you know tying ties changing cars getting first aid cpr certified Um, Simple skill acquisition like that to um, more abstract challenges like a paperclip challenge where they've got one month to start with a paperclip and go trade that for the next highest value uh, they can find and continue to do that in their community uh, where they're just trading up. I've got a young man right now who just got his first truck, didn't spend a dime on it. He started with a paperclip and traded his way up to his first truck. Wow. Um, They interview, you know, there's a CEO project, there's an apprenticeship project where they go through and, Um, you know, they learn to connect with these CEOs or first responders, military operators, and they have these specific interviews they go through. Uh, But then they go back to the CEOs and they learn to obtain apprenticeships and fields they're interested in by following our formula And that. Um, You know, Andy Frazella is a friend of mine. And so we've implemented 75 hard, you know, as part of that program as well. Um, They do an entire month of uh, tracking their food and food intake to understand, you know, how that makes them feel and, and, um, tracking calories. What does that really look like? Just so they have the understanding, right. And they actually have the application of that. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a very, uh, it's a varied experiential, uh, program, but it gives them a lot of self-awareness and a lot of, they have a, a public speaking challenge. They got 30 days to get a group um, that they can go speak to in public, whether that's at their church or a local rotary club or, a, you know, at their school, whatever that looks like. Um, and they're going and they're having to stand up and, and deliver a TEDx style talk um, to a group, you know, getting out of their comfort zone to be able to do that. So um, they're taking on a lot of cool stuff and then meeting with some of the best leaders on the planet every single week. That's incredible, man.
0: I'm, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm very intrigued by that by that journey because... I had this conversation with Ben Goreski as well. I'm not too sure if you're familiar with Ben Goresky, but he he goes through a similar process with uh, with guys initiation process. He sort of takes them out in the woods and we go through a whole whole process out in, out in the wild, out in nature. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's something I'm very interested in, of course, because at 13 that's where I began to lose my way ultimately, and I do. Sure. It's been um, it it brought it a lot of struggles in my life because I didn't have a male figure to guide me through those years and the one thing i'm thinking of there is of course like your your family or your parents sort of need to to get out of the way to a certain extent throughout this initiation process because you're you're evolving with with men outside of your family but at the same time the father is you know most likely there for support or leadership or guidance within the family yeah where i sort of had none of that. And of course was left to my own devices and made a lot of mistakes along the way. Sure. And, uh, I believe it's, it, it caused a lot of problems in my life. So it's why sure. I'm so interested in that, in that journey. And yeah. do, you, do you feel that that is potentially one of the biggest downfalls for men in life is the the, the lack of this initiation process, the, the lack of, um, role models in their, in their, in their teens.
1: Yeah, I think it's a, I I think it's huge. It's a lack of, um, you know, it's a lack of role models. It's a lack of, um, you know, present fathers in general, um, whether the father is just not home or whether he's home, but he's, you know, he's busy with this or he's doing, you know, whatever. Right. And he's not actually present kind of deal. That's a huge, that's a huge part. Um, and, and on the other side, there's also, um, with a lack of real role models, and we have an abundance of shitty ones, right? We've never been—you know—there's pros and cons to everything, right? A gun can be an amazing tool, um, or it can be a horrifying weapon, right? Um, you know, these phones, social media is—it uh, can be phenomenal. It's a great way to connect with amazing humans, but it's also a way that you can get exposed to a mass amount of idiots. Um, and our young men are exposed to that, right. And then you got all these cultural distractions that I think play into it too. One of the areas that, um, I am, I am convinced, um, is more dangerous than more than people realize specifically for our young men is actually video games. Hmm. Um, I really think that's a dangerous, I think it's a dangerous thing right now because those video games are works of art. They're masterpieces. They're brilliant um kudos to the to the people who are making them they're phenomenally done amazing what happens is our young men our dna is designed to want experiences we want to go out and conquer we want to go create relationships we want to go rescue the girl we want to go fight the dragon we want to go you know check off these boxes of conquest when you and i were growing up that looked like well, we actually have to go talk to the girl. Um, we may actually have to, you know, we may actually have to win the game to get a trophy, not just get one because we showed up. Um, there may be some, some pecking order battles that go on and there might be some fistfights on the playground. Um, and for better or for worse, we actually had to go accomplish things to check off that box of I've accomplished something. Well, now... These video games, these young men check off that box in their mind. Do they get that same dopamine rush of, man, I connected with friends through my little headset um, and, and I just beat that level or that whatever. And they're checking that box and it's eliminating the desire to go achieve and accomplish in the real world. And I think it is far more dangerous than more people realize because it sucks them in. And all of a sudden they look and go, oh shit, eight hours just went by. And I just did that. How much more could you have done with eight hours? And if you do that over the course of a number of years, you have just stunted so much potential growth, experiential growth sitting in front of that screen. I think it's a dangerous spot. So it's definitely a multifaceted issue. Um, Obviously one of those being our lack of mentors, but I think it's all of those things are playing into this and it's a dangerous spot for our young men's heart.
0: So how do we save our sons?
1: Yeah, it's it's this it's this right it's you and me having these conversations it's these other good guys who see this pouring in and jumping on and having these mentor calls jumping on it's that you know these these guys um that that come in on these calls that we have with these guys every week uh it's not even a hard ask for me right it's not like i don't have to convince them i go hey look here's me and here's what we're doing here's all these young men and they're like dude i'm in And not only are they in and they come in and they pour into these young men and whatever they need, but then they're like, Hey, here's my, here's my contact info. And so, you know, they're shooting me messages. These men are shooting me messages later and going, Hey, I just had this young man reach out to me and we got on another call. And, you know, I walked him through these things for about two hours to try to help him on this. Like it's that kind of thing. It's men getting back to caring about fixing that for our young men. Um, having these conversations together, but having these conversations with our young men um, leading by example and inviting these guys to come along with us. Uh, it's, it's that the school's not going to do it. Do you, uh, you
0: what, know? um what the system at the moment, the schooling system, <clears throat> the, the out, outlet for a lot of men is going to be either, potentially sports or crime or some sort of um, yeah. addiction through their device, be it porn, be it German. gaming, uh, be it alcohol, sure. be it drugs. So what what part does, does sport play in all this? And, and uh, you know, what I'm trying to get to here is, okay, at the moment, like there is no initiation process for men. I know that this is mm-hmm. something evolving and I hope that it continues to evolve in america and obviously over to over to where i am in ireland and the uk and worldwide obviously but at the moment it's vacuum. so how can we sort of begin to put some of that initiation process in place for men and is is sports one of those is um is the role of the father one of those can he sort of take on that role of the initiation process or is he too heavily involved with the with the son to, to do
1: that or well, no, I mean, father should, if we got a father in the picture, he should be the first and foremost, I mean, he should be the primary example, right? He should be primary far before, you know, anything we are, anything we are doing, right? We've got phenomenal group of men that are pouring into these young men, but none of us uh, and, and that program should never replace the father. So if we have a present father, he needs to be present. And I spend just as much time working on the dads to make sure they're being good dads as I do working with these young men to make sure they're taking on these experiences. Right. I get the father, you know, to wrap his head around his own bullshit and make sure he's there, um, being the dad that he needs to be first and foremost, nothing will replace that. Right. If that's there, uh, if dad is there, dad needs to be there that is far and away the number one Uh, sports are a phenomenal part for young men. And so that's part of that, you know, part of our program too, is there needs to be some sort of physical outlet. Um, They need to be involved in something we've created, you know, a bunch of, uh, a bunch of workouts and kind of a system for them to, to follow along if they don't have anything that they're, that they're doing, but we highly, highly, highly encourage getting involved with a team sport or an individual sport um, to the point where you are, you know, working with other young men or competing against other young men and, and competing. You know, I love martial arts for the fact that you got to get out there and compete. And even if you're getting beaten, what you learn about yourself um, and, and the resilience part of that and the mastery part of that and the continued growth part of it, those are microcosms for any other area of your life. Um, So sports, especially for our young men, um, I think are vital. I think they're, you know, those should be non-negotiable, um pieces of growing up in my eyes i, I would rather have my son in jujitsu all day long versus take any kind of freaking academic math class yeah all day long not even close mm-hmm.
0: yeah that was that that was actually one thing i was thinking is okay where where do the dads fit into this and again that's probably one of your biggest challenges again is to get the dad to step yeah. up and <clears throat> yeah. you know it's a, it's a difficult process i'm sure too to get to the is. dad in order to get to the son
1: it is, it is. And like I said, I talk with, I mean, gosh, even just last night while I was at dinner, you know, I've I've got a young man that I'm working with and, and I I want to get him to to step up and to take on some more, you know, challenges. He's you can already see the fear that's creeping in on him. Um, but I see it in his dad. And so last night, you know, I'm on the phone with his dad, you know, he's paying for me to mentor his son, but I'm on the phone with dad, mentoring dad to get out of his head and to get around his own fear. Because as much as I can pour into that young man every week, he's there with his dad day in and day out. That needs to be the first line of defense, the first line of inspiration, the first line of encouragement. Um, the, the primary example, that needs to be all those things. You know, so uh, and, and whether that's with our program or with the schools that I run, you, know, I spend just as much time with the parents precisely because of that. You know, if I'm preaching growth message all day long, but the parents are doing something completely different. I lose. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the young man loses because that's what their primary example. So yeah, yeah, parents, parents need to get around that first.
0: But I mean, many fathers have sort of neglected that growth and that progress in their own teenage life and their own new life as well. And like they're possibly so far gone at this point. Do you find that?
1: Uh, I mean, that's it. Yeah. A lot of times, I mean, that's it. It's, It's that fear. Right. It's that fear. It's that fear that's trickled in. And so, you know, I don't ever um, I don't pretend to know if somebody's too far gone or not. I'm always hopeful that they're that they're not. Um, but I treat them the same way as I'm going to treat the young men. I'm going to be vastly, you know, uh, I'm wildly open, wildly honest. Dad, you got to get your shit together. Here's what I would. You know, I, I don't know everything by any stretch of the imagination, but here's what I would do if I was you. Um maybe give that a, maybe give that a shot. And I'm going to invite them to, to step up in their own, in their own life. Um, and I'm hopeful they do it. I can't drag or push anybody through.
0: Yeah. And invite being the key word there.
1: Yeah. Inviting, inviting, that's it. Right. And, And if you're, you know, whether people believe in, uh, you know, uh, in a higher power or not, um, is, is fine. If you want to say, you know, the universe invites or God invites or say whatever you want, but I think that's how this world works anyways, I think we're invited, you know, I think we're invited to step into who we are designed to be. Um, and then it's up to us. That's, that's the beauty of freedom. is you have the freedom to be who you could be, or you have the freedom to follow your fear into being, you know, a shell of what you're supposed to be. You got the freedom. Yeah. And most people choose the shell, unfortunately.
0: So where do the, where do the daughters and the women fit into all this?
1: Oh, it's, I mean, they're a vital the the schools that I build are boys and girls both, right? The schools that I build are are both of these. The mentorship side, I wasn't a girl. I was never a girl. I I don't pretend to know the mind of a girl. Um, and so you know, all I ask from the the women who are are supporting in this journey, whether that's moms, whether that's sisters, um, is to support true masculinity because it'll allow you to to unleash real femininity too, right? You won't have to try to take on these various roles. And and understanding what masculinity is for girls is wildly important, right? Masculinity is this set of virtues and values. There is no such thing as toxic masculinity. There is toxicity or there is masculinity, but they are opposites, Mm. right? Masculinity is, is virtuous and it is doing the right thing all the time. Uh, it is choosing to do so. It is choosing to be capable to provide, to protect, to per, you know, to preside over things. Uh, and so, girls understanding that and holding the line around that and expecting that of the men in their life allows them to step into their femininity, whatever that looks like. So that support is massive. Yeah,
0: and it's it's knowing your values as a man and knowing that you are a man of value, and then living in line with those values. Integrity,
1: always, yeah. always living in line with it. Right. There is no room for hypocrisy. Yeah. There, there is no room. You know, your word is your word. If you say something, I expect to be able to believe it. If you say, this is how you live. I expect to see that if there is a disconnect between what you say and what you do, I'm not going to get on board with that. And even if, if other men, even if it's not consciously, even if it's subconsciously, we know that and we do that too, right? If we when we look at another man, if he's preaching one thing, but we see something else in his actions, consciously or subconsciously, we do not respect that man the way we would somebody who lives lockstep with what he or she, you know, what he preaches. Period.
0: And it's a question that men don't ask themselves, isn't it? That what what do I value in life? That's they, right. You know, before they get in, before they get to the question of, am I living in line with my values? Oh, hang yeah. on a second. What the fuck are my values? So if yeah, I was, yeah. what are
1: if
0: I was the line when up, up here in the wall and ask them, what are your values? I'm pretty sure I'd get blank faces staring back at me.
1: That's right. That's exactly right. So with our young men, we've got the, you know, the Apogee code, right? It's this, it's kind of the Bushido code of, of loyalty and honor. And we talk about what that code is. Every man has, every young man has to sign that code. Um, to come into it. And we have them post that, you know, somewhere in their house where they can see that. And they have to make sure that everything they're doing is lockstep in that. And that's why in that first month they are creating that family contract and those family values too, because it just makes them expand upon that. Right. And then every decision at that point, it makes decisions easy. It, It allows for you to make those decisions because every decision you make, you can simply look and go, is this lockstep with who I said I am and who I want to be? Right, if as long as that's lockstep, there I'm good. Here we go. I'll still make mistakes. Mistakes are fine. I'll still fail, and that's okay. But I'll never be hypocritical. And that's that's the key. My integrity will never be in question. Right, and that's the key. And those are the those are the men that society needs, and those are men that other men want to be around. Those are the men that women want to be with. Right, those are the men that 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 we need because you can trust them. You can rely on them.
0: So what about, what about these men who are not 13 or 15 or 18, but are 35,
1: almost maybe yeah. 40
0: years of age yeah. and ask these questions of themselves? Yeah. What did you say to them?
1: Yeah. It's perpetual, the perpetual adolescence. Right. Um, so, you know, at some point it's, they've got to, they've got to make a choice. Right. And nobody's going to commit. They got to make a choice. It's not like they're 35, 40 years old and they don't have any awareness around this. They've got to make a choice you know, to, to, to switch that. Um, and that's, I honestly don't spend, um, you know, I don't personally spend a ton of time on that. Now we've got a big event um, that's coming up in May. Um, I'll be speaking specifically about raising amazing young men, but we've got some, you know, some of my, my friends, uh, Ryan Mickler and Pedro Kulian and John Lovell and uh, Jack Donovan and Tanner Guzzi and, you know, Stephen Mansfield. Ray, and Ray Cash Care. Uh, and Ray Cash Care. He was on, on,
0: on my podcast uh, two or three weeks ago. Yeah. And T- Tanner oh, is he? podcast oh. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool guy. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> That's Ray, awesome, Ray, is, Ray is something else. Yeah.
1: He is, uh, Ray is a extremely good friend of mine. Yeah. Um, one of my, one of my favorite human beings, man. Um, he's phenomenal. So he'll be there too. Um, we're going to be at one of my campuses. And, and it's that challenge It's that invitation to men. Um, and we're going to, you know, we'll put it out for, we're going to do about a hundred live seats, I think. And then we're going to, then we're going to put it out, you know, so anybody wants to, wants to check it out afterwards. Um, but it's just that invitation, man. It's just going to look here, we're going to try to lead by example, the best we can. We're inviting you guys all to come along with us. Um, Yeah. Ray's rad, man. We went down to, uh, we went to Mexico in December, Uh, went down to Cancun for, for about a week and uh, Ray took, so we had a bunch of us, you know, a bunch of us guys, most of the guys that I just mentioned right there um, as well as a couple others. And we all brought our families, you know, brought our kids and uh, Ray took all of our kids down to the beach and put him through a a Navy SEAL workout, you know, surf torture. And, um, you know, he's just run up and man, he is such a talented human being because he, he brings out the best in men and he'll dig off in a minute, you know, what they do with the project. And I mean, he will just dig off. Um, He'll bring out the best in men, but he has the ability to soften that. Um, and inspire young people too. And that's a DNA thing. It's not something that you can really easily teach, right? But it's because he genuinely does care. He genuinely cares about uh human beings, you know, and he's he's got a heart of gold, man. So I, I love that dude.
0: Brilliant. Like, uh, much like yourself, and again, it's been an absolute honor to speak to you today. And for anyone who wants to reach out to you, get in touch and follow the great work that you're doing, where's the best place to get you?
1: I appreciate that very much, man. Um, you know, I'm Relatively active on Instagram, just at my name, Matt Baudreau, but check out, um, you know, apogeestrong.com. We're going to be releasing uh, Apogee University as well um, coming this fall. Um, and if you're interested on the the school side, K-12 side, getting something going out there in Ireland, um, check out the Acton Academy Network, A-C-T-O-N, uh, at actonacademy.org. Sweet, man.
0: Yeah, I might, I might be jumping on that, man. I'm, I'm inspired. And uh, also, you mentioned the, the talk you got coming up in may that that's going to there's going to be a, a stream for that or is there,
1: that's going to be up somewhere as well yeah we're going to do yep we're going to do uh, about 100 probably 100 live seats but then uh, people can sign up to get uh i think we're going to we might stream it live if not you'll have the recording of everything so that's going to be um, the man uncaged event so manuncaged.com.
0: nice one i will add that in the show notes below too so
1: go. check it out. Awesome, man! I, appreciate much.
0: It. I am fucking psyched and inspired after this conversation with you. So thank you for your value, your time and your energy.
1: Pleasure, brother. Absolutely, man. I'm glad we can make it work.
0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the modern warrior podcast. If this episode has added value to your life, please share this episode on your social media platforms so that others too can gain the insight, information and inspiration that they need in order to move forward in their lives. For the time being, stay strong and keep fighting the good fight.